0: Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional.
1: Do you know how many movies start with, like, you know, a family out in the woods camping (laughs) along a fire? Like, I've seen a lot of those movies. I'm worried about you.
2: Yeah. I, um... Yeah, I, I thought about that. Like, this is this is kind of, like, like, snobbish camping. Like, there's, like, like three pools in the area, and they have, like, bands and stuff. So this is kind of, okay, like... Okay, camping. Like, it is not... Oh, okay, like, we have right. a little RV. This is not actually in a tent. I'm, like, now I'm past oh, the tent wow. stage of my life. So, so, so this
3: is, like, Clueless-style roughing it, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I used to do the real camping. I used to get, like, a tent. We'd make our own fire. We'd, like, you know, hunt for our own food. Not hunt for our own food, but berries and... Like you know, stuff like like we used to really rough it, rough it. But now I'm I'm done that. We have like a little tiny RV, and like there's like you know,
0: which has a VR room in it, probably.
1: Yes. Wait, you're in an RV. You're in an oh, RV. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah.
0: no.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. This is
1: this is something more movie, oh. more horror.
0: Movie. That's true. Oh. That's true. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, we're really we're really somewhat camping it. We're really somewhat camping.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh.
2: So, if my Skype goes out, I don't know if I'll, I don't know what's going to, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I feel, I feel scared. So, I have to tell you, I just got in from getting out of a Mercedes Benz Mercedes ben, uh, uh, CL300, where I was taken all around Boston on a premium Pokemon tour from a startup. <laughs> <laughs> it took me all around Boston. Who taught me how to exploit the game. They taught me some tricks like tie your uh, iPhone to a ceiling fan and let it just swing around. <laughs> it will hatch your eggs no! for you.
3: That sounds like a bad idea. No, that sounds like wait, a good wait, idea. Wait, wait, yeah.
2: wait. Tell me again this trick. I need to hear this trick. I need more details. So what, sure,
1: what do you have sure. to do? So if you get an egg, what you need to do is you can tie your iPhone to a ceiling fan and then let your iPhone swing around the room. Now, it can't go very fast. Because if you're going over 10 miles an hour, the egg hatching utility uh, shuts down. So you can do that. And it will trick your phone into, um, you know, basically uh, hatching the thing for you.
3: I mean, couldn't you just tie it to one of your dogs, though? <laughs> oh, you God.
1: One? Do, you, do uh, See, if you had dogs, you wouldn't think of that idea, Steve. Exactly. Actually, no, right? <laughs> it wouldn't work out. It's a bad uh, idea yeah no we were riding around style I had water I had Doritos I had had, it was it was fantastic it was fantastic so yeah
0: that sounds that sounds awesome I do want to say if for those listeners out there who maybe haven't uh, heard of this whole Pokemon Go thing uh, the the only way to hatch eggs is by using like it uses the pedometer to count your steps and after a certain amount of steps that's when the egg hatches so that's why uh, tying it to the ceiling fan letting the ceiling fan move around would in or will hatch your egg um but yeah don't 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 tie them to your pets and don't i mean i'll advise against tying it to your ceiling fan blade but um i don't know some of you were pretty clever and creative i'm sure there's a way to do that safely without breaking anything there must be
2: other ways like what happens if we like like tied it on to like you know your child yeah your child just (laughs) run around the house with your phone in their pocket (laughs) Like, that might work out. My kids yeah. probably love that. It's
3: all actually. fun and games until they figure out how to spend all of your money in the PayPal app, and then you're pretty Ooh. much done. Yeah.
1: Oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Boy, mm-hmm. Dark Side, as always,
1: Steve Lutton. <laughs>
3: Bringing down the
1: bus on
0: yeah. the show. Hey, I'm
3: the one who wanted to tie it to the dog, so, you know, it's... <laughs>
0: Oh man, yes, yeah, Steve. You, you've you've got the you've got the the
3: negative side of things
0: so so quickly. We can. I want to. I want to know friend. what
1: episode it was is Steve turned from like happy go lucky you know person to like I don't know
3: like grouchy grandpa. I think it but, might be the show. Yeah. I think the, the, the word. I, yeah, I think the word you're looking for is curmudgeon. I think that's the word you're looking for. Yeah, I the think it may be us.
0: The beginning of disruption. It's me. It's me. Yeah, it's pretty much Micah. the beginning of disruption is the, is what caused it. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have brought on. Salty yeah, it's all Steve. Micah's
3: fault. Really?
1: Well, before, before Micah was here, you know, uh, I mean, you know, Maddie, she was here to be negative <laughs> on everything. So you got to be the more positive person. Yeah. And now that she's gone, you've stepped into that cynical void. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm just filling a
3: role that needed to be filled. You know, that's, right. all, it, that's right. all it is. Right. So. You're right. very professional, that's true. Steve. That's yeah. true. You know what else is professional?
0: <laughs> Pinning an article in the Daily Dot about <laughs> Ghostbusters. Bree, do you want
1: to tell us about this? Ah, uh, okay. So gosh, you know, I've been wanting to do some work with the Daily Dot for a while. So, uh, Amy Vernon, who I absolutely adore, uh, wrote me a few months ago and asked me if I wanted to start doing some pieces for them. And, uh, you know, we've gone back and forth a bit and, uh, you know, here we are, like, uh, I I had my first article with them, um, and we're going to have many more, I'm writing up the Pokemon thing as we speak, but, um, yeah, um, you know, if you notice my professional presence, I don't talk that much about Gamergate these days, because, you know, it's just depressing, and, you know, even though the the harassment continues, um, you know, it's just, like, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it, you know, I know people are tired of hearing about it. Uh, but I do have to like read uh, their site every day to like go. Okay, is my life like? Am I safe? Like, what's going on with my friends? Are my friends mm-hmm. safe? Uh, and what I've noticed lately is they have really moved away from talking about video games, and uh, their targets have been two things. The first, uh, blasting Black Lives Matter. You know, which obviously very very noble thing to fight that. Um, good job, Gamergate. Um and on top of that, they have been frothing nonstop for weeks about the Ghostbusters. <laughs> and you will go into Gamergate and read their topics, and it's so sad and it's so pathetic and it is so ridiculously sexist in ways they'll never be able to understand. And I just wrote the most sasserification article on <laughs> Earth. Like, Mike, you read it, right? Like, I'm bringing the level 10, like, side-eye, right? Look,
0: yeah, the sass is there. The the channeling of Beyonce's lemonade <laughs> sass <laughs> is there.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so that was basically, you know, this whole story, talk about Ghostbusters and, you know, basically looking at the backlash behind it. And, yeah, know, I want to be really clear. It's not just Ghostbusters. It's not just Gamergate that, you know, has... Been very sexist about this movie in ways they don't want to think about. Um, it's a lot of people. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, certainly they are very emblematic of this So, um, you know, I just went through, I documented it I um, kind of shared a story of another woman That is being attacked and, you know, targeted with harassment Due to Gamergate And, you know, it's like, it's almost a formula story at this point Which is, it would be funny if it weren't ruining lives But, you know, it's just really looking at this toxic sense of geek ownership Over, you know, things like Ghostbusters Is frankly just childish
0: yeah that see that's the thing to me is is you know of course we can expect that gamergate is going to bounce on this and they're going to do the terrible things that they do as a as a group but uh, to see also you know, people that either are mostly quiet or people who you would expect to not necessarily feel this way coming out with all of this rage and anger about Ghostbusters having an all-woman cast. And also uh, I saw, you know, complaints about how th- there was a I can't remember what the tweet was, but it was it was really great. And it was basically talking about how all of the men in the movie are are kind of dumb. <laughs> like right. they're, they're, they're really, Yeah, which That's is awesome the whole
1: point. It's an ironic comment. Exactly you oh, from the first ghostbusters I mean, yeah uh.
0: and 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 to see you know well, two wrongs don 't make a right, and all of this other stuff it 's like, come on, uh, it just doesn 't make sense to me, and this whole idea of of geek appropriation that 's going around <laughs> yeah. right now too, oh. <laughs>
1: Ask you, Steve. Like I haven't heard you talking a lot about Ghostbusters. You don't have a problem with women Ghostbusters, Steve?
3: No, no, I (laughs) don't. But I also, I guess, part of it is also that I, I was thinking about today and I realized that like the only you're you're gonna yell at me because I haven't actually, I don't think I've actually seen the movie all the way through. And what?
1: Because (laughs) which you know
3: because I don't like this is. Like one of the things that's weird about me is that I've and Ghost Masters was a big part of my childhood, but not through the movie, which is weird. Like I remember watching the television show a lot and I played the living hell out of the Commodore 64 game, which mm-hmm. I was. Yeah, there was a Commodore 64 game made by Activision. I was just watching a YouTube video of it. It's I it looks like the kind of thing that I would have spent a lot of time trying to make fun um it it looks like a couple steps up from et looking back on it with adult eyes but it's like i i'm more upset about like things like transformers being ruined just because it's like a bad movie (laughs) you know like it's not worth getting upset about like it's not like the existence (laughs) of a new movie like invalidates (laughs) the existence of the older movies like no it does steve it does (laughs) don't you know
1: don't you
0: know? Well, oh,
3: okay, I, I, if I'm talking in real, like, adult human world oh, now and not adult world. And not in okay. man-baby land, right? We're talking right?
1: about Gamergate, yeah Yeah, Sorry. yeah.
3: I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about, like, normal rational adults, right? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. man-baby land Baby land,
1: <laughs> baby yeah. yeah I would rather talk to a baby about Ghostbusters than <laughs> Gamergate Just to be really honest with you
3: But like. it just seems like so what? Right. But it, this is mm-hmm. the kind of thing that if you are if you are accustomed to everything being about you for the last 25 years and all of a sudden it's not, then I guess this is the hill that you're ready to die on. And that's <laughs> just the way that you're going to be. And and it's just again, like you said, it would be funny if it wasn't that they needed to take people who were critical of them being ridiculous and make an example of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another so, thing I'll say about this too, is like for me specifically, you know, uh, the, the Ghostbusters that came out, I don't know when it came out because that's part of my point. The, the Ghostbusters that came out a long time ago, I've seen it like three times, love the movie, think it's fantastic, ha ha ha, etc. However, though, the, the people in that movie were not the actors that, I grew up with and appreciate and like understand and know and enjoy. And so all the actors in this film are actually like the comedians that I know and I appreciate and enjoy and so this is more my ghostbusters than the Ghostbusters from yesteryear so that adds an extra layer of like why would I even care because this is like I feel like this is the one that was made for for now and for the for the generation that's right now as much as you know generations who've seen in the past but I'm just saying like the, the I don't hold any special feelings toward the one in the past anyway so I like it's hard for me to even understand why anyone have all these weird emotions about it
2: well so i loved the original ghostbusters when i saw it and i showed it to, i don't know a month ago to my kids and i'm watching it and i'm like you know what it is not and i know i'm gonna get flamed on this follow follow steve's twitter and you can send the flames there <laughs> it was not it did not that steve always he curates all those it it does not hold up it was not as funny I'm just it wasn't as funny I actually was like a little bit like my kid looked at me after and went really mom and I was like well eh." you know we've shown them uh, Terminator holds up Predator holds up this one I was like it's okay but it was okay
1: that's fair it's kind of extremely sexist, to be honest. I mean, you know, Sigourney Weaver's like her entire role there. It's, it's it was so cringeworthy. It, it was get. so. Yeah.
2: And the secret when yeah. Janine was like filing her and, and like the entire, yeah. I was it was just. It made me cringe, yeah. and also the way that they made fun of um oh I forget Morales's character yeah. as well. And Rick I went Moranis, oh you see yeah. Rick Moranis that's it yes I was like oh you know it's just.
0: It's like going back and watching the Princess Bride. No, not the Princess. Yeah, no, no, no. no yes,
2: no. yeah, Princess yeah. Bride. Yes, it the Princess Bride. It still has some horrible parts to it. Yes, and in the book, it's actually a little bit more sexist. But it's still awesome. I'm sorry, the Princess Bride does not go by this.
0: Again, though you know we we have our our feelings toward these things, but going back today and watching that, which I've done a few times, and it's like, oh, oh, that's troublesome. Uh, So I don't know. I'm just I'm excited <laughs> about this. I think that uh, this change is awesome, and I don't know. I just I know I'm a different person than the the gamer Gators and all of that, but no. like, yeah. I, are I, you I, same, no, not same. at all. Like, you're right. You're okay. right. It's exact you same person. Black
1: Lives Matter. Right? <laughs> yeah. Really got duh. Okay, yeah. Good. I like. I don't know,
0: like, other than the fact that everybody is... is you know, hyping the fact that, Hey, this is a cast of, of, of all women. Like when I first saw this, that was not the thing that I thought. And I know that this is, this gets into the territory of like, we don't see race, but what I'm trying to get at is like, I saw these people who were playing the roles and I'm like, Oh my gosh, yes, they're all so funny. I love them so much because they're hilarious. And then you can go on to celebrate the fact that they're women and they're taking on these lead roles and it's awesome. But for me, that was like, that that's just, that's an awesome part of it but these these women are incredible actresses like incredibly hilarious actresses and comedians and so yeah i don't know i'm just really excited about this and and happy that it exists yeah
1: <laughs> so georgia i have to ask you this is where you know we unleash the georgia Dow. um i mean you know This is clearly, like, I documented a lot of stuff in my piece. And you can see Gamergate saying a lot of stupid stuff (laughs) there. And it was like, I tell you, like, I've never actually shot fish in a barrel. But I think if you did, it would eventually get boring. And that's exactly why it was like mining Gamergate HQ for these quotes. So, I mean, what is, like, my theory with it is these are people that consume this media. They base their identity in it. Um, you know, they really feel like they're having something taken away. They can't accept that, like, it's genuine, this you know desire to see women in these roles. I mean, what, I realize you can't diagnose someone you don't know, but like in the, in a general sense, what do you think is going on here?
2: Well, I think that what you said about appropriation was right. I think that people feel ownership to something and then they don't want anyone else coming onto territory. And I think that A lot of people see women as now they want equality and this was our piece of the pie and we don't want anyone to come in. The same thing happens in clubs that were only with white people. Then suddenly they saw people of color and other minorities coming in and they were like, oh no, this isn't okay. And it it happens even with cultural phenomenons of where, you know, you have a very, you know, let's just take a place welsh area where everyone's welsh and then people from a different culture come in and then they're like oh no i think that we're threatened by things that we do not understand and i think that people don't understand that diversity makes all of us better not that it takes away from you
1: yeah i think that's well said. Yeah.
0: Very well said. Yeah. Uh, now it's time to move on really quickly to thank our dear friends at Braintree. Georgia, how's it go? Brain
2: Braintree. <laughs> It's got like, this Skype
0: auto-tuning on top
3: of it. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that was pretty neat. Uh, very <laughs> C- Kanye West-esque. Uh, this episode <laughs> of Disruption is brought to you by Braintree. Code for easy mobile payments. Maybe you're working on the next Uber, Airbnb, or GitHub. Then why not use the same simple payment solution that helped them become what they are today? Braintree makes mobile payments so fast, easy, and seamless, it's almost magical. Add it to your app with just a few lines of code, and you're instantly ready to accept Apple Pay and Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards even Bitcoin. And if some other way to pay comes along, you can bet Braintree will support that too. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support mean you'll always be ready, whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. To check it out for yourself, visit BraintreePayments.com disruption. Once again, that's BraintreePayments.com disruption. Thank you so much to Braintree for their support of our show Disruption and all of Relay FM. <laughs> and now we wait for Georgia Dow.
1: I'm here. Let's talk okay. some smack. Oh, i mean. Oh, uh, oh she restarted too quickly, is the problem. You. Hold on, I hold on, Georgia. You. We need you to restart <laughs> Georgia, again. We were right I, in the I, middle. I was as I'm about to say. <laughs>
3: What awesome. was? Yeah, Georgia, can you just uh, can you just mute your computer for about thirty seconds and then plug, plug your ears? Back
1: to you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got nothing. I got a cold busted.
3: You will
0: pay. I'm I'm afraid I'm there's going to be payment happening.
2: Do you want me to hang up again?
1: No, no, it's
2: okay. I'll hang up. You call me.
0: No, 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 <laughs> don't go, Georgia Dow. We have to talk about privacy and security and how that relates to the flaboo that is uh the pokemon go misstep this week You know, I think we have a good friend named Salty Steve who uh, knows a thing or two about uh, IT and and security and and all that jazz who likes to talk about how nothing is safe and nothing is sacred. So I'm hoping that Salty Steve can give us the summary we all need, whether we deserve it or not.
3: Okay. All right. So – (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of things that happened with Pokemon Go ever since we talked about it on the last show and we talked about it like having had a couple of hours of actual functional time with it a piece. And the one thing and there's like a million stories from all of a sudden gathering in flash mobs. It's at uh, some of these Pokestops and Poke Gyms to a guy whose house is apparently a Pokemon gym and he's got people in his yard at three o'clock in the morning. Um, to injuries, to armed robberies, we could take we could take this a whole lot of different directions. But the the thing that that was really concerning to me happened on Monday. You there are two ways that you can log into Pokemon Go, and if you're listening to this, you probably know this already because everybody and their brother is has installed it by now. Um, but there was or sister or sister. I'm sorry, or mother or or father um <laughs> everybody and their everyone uh, some of these some yeah. of these phrases that are just like hardwired into my brain for like the last 30 some odd years and it's you don't even you don't even think about like how anyway we don't need to go yeah. into that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just gonna be static dude that's it uh,
1: that's it i'm trying to make you go like oh die, i f the feminist they know pooch? your heart like, uh,
3: steve yeah. they know your yeah. heart So you could sign in through Google or through the Pokemon Trainer Club account, and the Pokemon Trainer Club account was pretty much MIA for, like, most of the weekend. It was really hard. You couldn't create a new account that way for most of the weekend because they'd taken it down because the servers were struggling. And even for, like, another day after it launched, it was still hard to even log in with it. One of the things that I did, I had originally logged in with the Pokemon account and then I decided I wasn't waiting anymore. So I just started over from scratch with a Google account. So then this blog post comes out on Monday saying, hey, by the way, go check your Google account permissions um, for the the apps you've given it access to because if you're on iOS, it may very well say full control there. So when when a, an app asks for authentication through Google, there are a, f- a number of levels of permissions of what it asks for access in your Google account too. Um, most of them are just asking for like basic authentication just to be able to create a token and pass that to Google and ensure that you're logged in correctly. Uh, this was – asking for the entire access to your google account and basically the only thing that it can't do is like delete your account or change your password but when you go to google and you look at what they what they say that you can do it's it's not really clear on what it can do with full control but it's clear that there are very few things that it can't do and typically right. when you have an app that asks for those permissions, there's a really good reason for it. Like they say Google Maps is one that will ask for that because it needs it needs access to a lot of things in your Google account to be able to provide you that, that level of access, which I don't know why that is either, but that's the example that Google gives in their page. We can talk about why they would do that. And that was clearly they said that it was a bug. Whether you believe that or not depends on how much how much you trust them, basically. Um, But even if you give them all the benefit of the doubt of the world and say this was a bug and it was just something sloppy and they fixed it. Uh, the fact of the matter is that even if they had no ill intentions and weren't collecting any data, there's really no limit to what they could do accidentally to your account with, mm-hmm. with that kind of control. So, that, at that and point, and what it
0: exposes you to as yeah, well.
3: The, the example that the, the blogger gave was that it could read your email. And then there was a Gizmodo article later in the week that was kind of grilling him on. And he's like, Well, I don't really know if they could read your email. That was just an example that I was giving but the fact of the matter is it can do a lot more than it probably should just to be able to play a game with to to catch adorable pokemon and so that in and of itself was really concerning and that was at the point where i revoked the access and i haven't i haven't watched it since cuz even if it's just a bug i feel like that's kind of a big bug to let slip through and it's it worries me in a way that if that's the kind of bug that they slip through, then what kind of bugs, you know, there? What kind of bugs are there that could be there that we don't know because they're a server side or there are other vulnerabilities or not being a good steward of your data?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with an app where the whole base of the app is to walk around and like your location is constantly, you know, updated and available right there on on the screen. That's that's something to be concerned about and. Uh, you know, Renee uh, posted an article uh, earlier today uh, where he talks about how Pokemon Go is only the latest in a long line of these these kind of privacy issues and uh, goes on to talk about how it's becoming more regular and we're becoming more accepting of our data being kind of shared around and used and, and all of these kinds of things. And for him, he doesn't want to be, be okay with that. And it's like after every mistake, Mistake, that happens. People get less and less outraged because it com- becomes more and more the reality of the situation. Uh, and th- I like the end of it where he says there are simply companies and agencies who see accumulating our data as invaluable, and individuals who see their personal data as having little or no value. And the reason I like that is because I actually posted in uh, in our Slack after this after I read this article and said, <laughs> Renee, I felt like you were subtweeting me in this article. <laughs> And that's because I am one of those individuals who sees my, most of my personal data as having little or no value. And I do want to be clear here before we, we break into a conversation about this, um, <laughs> first of all, I'm talking about me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I, and only me, myself, and I. I'm not advocating that anyone else should not care about their personal data or what have you. Everyone is in a different situation. Everyone has different things. This is about me and me only. Um, and, uh, well, and so, uh, you know, for most people, for, for a lot of people, every time I talk about how I really don't care that Target knows my shopping habits and I really don't care that um, Google can track my address, people are like, why don't you care about that? And I don't know. I just I've always lived my life pretty publicly. Um, and the the, pra- the private data that I want to keep private, I don't I don't share on those things. Uh, but for the stuff that goes on the things, I just I don't care about it. And so again, I, I have to be clear about this too, though. That doesn't mean that I'm going to say that, yes, it's a fantastic thing that there was this huge bug because it's not. That's a terrible thing. And I don't think that we should be lax about our privacy. I just think that, uh, the data that I have that I let out into the world, I don't care about that data. It's, I, I did it for a reason. I signed up for this. It's what I do. It's how I am. That's, that's what it is. So yeah. That's uh, my take on on data being shared with companies.
2: So my issue with it is that I often, when we speak about data, there's always someone that says, I don't care. And then their next thing out of their mouth is, I don't have anything to hide. Yep. Yeah. It always goes through and exactly like that. And that's like saying, I'm not going to lock the doors to my house because I don't mind if someone snoops through my underwear drawer and (laughs) it isn't, it isn't about you not having anything to hide. It's about giving away your rights to privacy, which then makes everyone else's right to privacy less important. And the thing is, is that by the time that it is something that's nefarious, it's too late Once we make it mainstream, right? It's almost like people calling tissue Kleenex. Once everyone starts calling tissue Kleenex, Kleenex no longer has the right to use that as their name. Once everybody gives up their privacy and says it doesn't matter, it's not a big deal, by the time that it is a big deal, there'll be no one left to fight because once the government takes a certain amount of power and control... No government, no matter how kind and sweet they are, ever gives it back. Ever. And this could be used, even even the kindest, sweetest person probably has searched for something that they don't want anyone else to know about. And that could be used to control people. And that's really dangerous and damaging. And so it irks me. I am irked when I hear people say... I don't have anything to hide, as if that only matters if you do have something to hide because it doesn't.
0: Did I? I want to make sure. Did I say that? Because if I did, I apologize. You have Uh,
2: before. You didn't this time. You said it before to us.
0: Got it. Got it.
2: And that's why you don't care about your Target buying list because you're not buying anything from Target that's embarrassing. Uh, It's no
0: I mean uh, I I actually it's embarrassing for me personally as a human being who's I don't know a Christian I guess like that it's Christian guilt or something but buying condoms is embarrassing to me but uh, I still wouldn't care if Target knew I did.
2: They're not going to be able to use that against you.
0: Right, 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 right. But like the reason that I don't care that Target knows my data is not because I'm worried about having or not having something to hide. It's because by Target knowing my data, they're better—they're better able to uh, give me coupons and advertisements that align with what I actually go and buy. So it's always the trade-off thing. Like but, but i are I'm you, one of those. Are you thinking about
2: how giving up how giving up that one little tiny piece of your rights? Mm-hmm. Then has that trickle off effect for everyone else, right? They're like dominoes.
0: That's fair. Then it'll be but... the
2: banks, then it'll be your employers, then it will be the government, then the government will have access, which they're already trying to get, to your health records. It's like just one more piece closer to an area that, you know,
0: should be. So part you're advocating, of it. on the other hand, that I pick up a sword and, and fight against this.
3: Is is out like, a
2: sword. You could right. use a halberd, uh, pitchfork. <laughs>
3: really, George is very, very, very knowledgeable in hand-to-hand weapons.
0: But you, uh, you would want that's me to true. be an opponent, and it, you know that that or that's what it see. It sounds like, as opposed to being someone who's laissez-faire about it, I should. You're you're advocating that I should take up arms in this.
2: I think that everyone should. I, I think that everyone should because it protects the herd, right? it's it's a herd mentality it's so the problem is is that your generation and it's not a bad thing this is a very good thing for most things your generation's never gone through war trauma really hardships and even people that have gone through hardships it's not like it once was there hasn't been a huge world war there hasn't been large amounts of famine in our areas of the world Because of that, your threshold for threat is much lower than people that are of older generations that remember a little bit more of bad things really can happen and governments can do really bad, nefarious things with small amounts of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it's great because you will have less anxiety. You'll have a happier way of life, but you'll also be more trusting. And sometimes that area of trust is an area where you should not be trusting too, because you're giving someone the keys to your house saying that I trust you when you don't really know if they could be trustworthy or not. And so I think that it's an issue with kids, you know, there's a reason why children, not you, I'm not talking about you as a child, but like kids are so naive, because they've never had any hardship or suffering, like you know, doing a chore is like trauma to them, because they've never really had to go through any difficulty, truly, in a first world country, and which is lovely. But then they're easier going to say, you know what, I don't want to be bothered. And I get that. But there are certain things that we need to be bothered about because it could go wrong. Like, I would love mm-hmm. to think that, you know what, our governments are always going to want to keep us and protect us. But you can already see that. And again, it's, it's normal. If I was a government in power, I would probably want to know everything about everyone, too. But I shouldn't.
0: Yeah, I think that, that, you know, I I do think that I am a little too, uh, that's always been something that's been a factor of mine. I am very uh, trusting because, and not even just trusting, but like rose-colored shades or whatever the term is, where I'm expecting and hoping for the best. And yeah, I guess I've not gotten bit in terms of uh, my, you know, the, the personal data that I do allow to exist in these different server farms, to exist. Have not been bitten by that. And so it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, uh, it's never. Been a concern of mine. And that's speaking from a place of privilege. Um, and, and I recognize that. And yeah, I would never be at the front line saying, like, yo, people, you need to let the government have all your data because it's very important that they do. Whenever these concerns come up, I mean, I'll be honest with you, whenever I found out about the Pokemon Go thing, I didn't deregister my account immediately. Uh, and again, that's probably too trusting and it's probably foolish. But I just, I, like, I wasn't even playing the app, but I just didn't care. It just doesn't bother me. But like you're but, saying, Micah,
1: there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's really strange. One of the strange things about being 30 is you you get to a point where you can think about your own actions when you were 20 and you see people there in their twenties doing it. And it's really weird because like you suddenly you're like, Oh, my parents weren't absolute idiots. Like I kind of <laughs> got this now, um, with respect to you, like we're friends. I like you. Um, like, there is pride in your voice as we talked about this. Like, oh, this just isn't something my generation cares about. Like, we grew up, we're Facebook native. We understand this. And with respect, dude, like, George is dead on. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, Micah, I can't imagine if you were in a position like I have been for the last two years that you would really stand up and fight. Like, you were just someone that's more lackadaisical with things I think you're more go along to get along here and I think George is absolutely right that you're kind of like having an attitude that it's just it's really just kind of using privilege to kind of not see a bigger picture about something that's extremely problematic um you know we can look at the ways You know, big data use is taken to, you know, for law enforcement to, you know, target black people, for drone strikes to be used all around the world. Um, You know, I think if you read Edward Snowden, you know, the actions there, some of the wiretapping things that our our government has been doing are are truly frightening. I mean, it's truly Orwellian. And I think you kind of speaking to me with pride in your voice, how you don't care. I, I think I would be honest with you and say it's it's genuinely offensive to me. Um, hmm. So we don't have to agree there, but I don't respect your position on this.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And, and I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to be clear too, because I think that I have to say, I think that there is a misunderstanding here in that I don't feel like the oversteps are, are a bad thing. I do. I think that you know, when, when the government is doing these things where there is targeting, absolutely, that's a terrible thing. And I, again, uh, I, I think I might be coming off wrong. Perhaps you feel that it's a sense of pride, but I'm not proud of the fact that, you know, everybody these days just is, is cool with sharing their location. Whenever I hear these conversations, I am genuinely trying to understand why there, why there's the concern there. Whenever for me, the the data that i put out so like my my address to amazon or my um my photos to facebook or or like i said my shopping habits to target um you know for even like so I, 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 talk the most to my mom. So that's why I'm using my mom as an example. It's not, I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that. But when my mom, you know, thinks about these things, she isn't likely to want to use the little target swipey card because she knows that it's tracking her. Um, and she is bothered by that. And I understand that for her, that is a concern. And I I get that it's a concern. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, if I was facing uh, constant worry that people could reach into my data and find where I lived, uh, like it is in your, like it has been in your case, Brie, then I would probably be a little bit more locked tight about this. And yeah, I I don't ever, again, I'm not advocating that anyone else should do this. I'm just trying to express my, my personal, uh, views and all of this. And this is why it's so
1: bothersome to me, Micah. I mean, for me, I have no control about the amount of information out there. So like I went and did a, a thing tonight. And I, I have to start thinking through 10 things because all these databases are out there. At the start of the show, I told you how my number got out again today. That's because big data gets these lists of stuff and they trade it around to people. It just gets out there. And I can go, like, I have three phones. That's not a normal thing to have. And it's that hard for me to hide it. My address, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to vote in this cycle because if I do, my information is gonna be out there. And then every time I get a knock on the door, I'm gonna be scared about that. Is my example an extreme example? Absolutely. But it is a it is a bigger problem with uh, data aggregation. And, you know, like I'm just dealing with psychological unpleasantness. Like there are people that do go to jail because our government collects big data on them and uses it to prosecute cases in, you know, ways that I think you can look at it and say, like, there is definitely a racial tinge to it. You know, Google com- uh, complies with seventy nine percent of requests from Google, uh, the government to like hand over data to them. So I just, I, I, with all respect, I think privilege is really blinding you here.
3: Can I give you like a more like a a more concrete example? Like, this is the the reason that this really hit a nerve with me is because location data is. Very sensitive data, right? Like, I think that there's something there's there's something to be said for there's data that's more important than others, and there are certain things that can be used to tie a lot of stuff together. And location is one is some of it. There was a there was an article that came out a couple months ago about the app Ways, which is basically a navigation app that helps you get around traffic jams. And it's been around for a number of years, and Google bought it a couple of years ago. And what they found is that they were able to, if you have the social settings turned on uh, to broadcast your location to other people on the app, there are people, they could figure out who you are just from, you know, seeing a a car on the map and figure out where you're going back and forth every day and then be able to use that to track you. There's a lot of data, things that you can hook that up to. You can hook that up to Facebook. You can hook that up to, to Twitter. I believe you can hook that up to a Google account or sign in with Google account too because Google bought them. But... What's what happens is that once they have that data, once they know not only like what your address is, but where you're likely to be at any point during the day, that's something that especially like I've been thinking about a lot because, you know, especially like just because you've not done something wrong now doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, you've been seeing things with, you know, with with police. We talked about that last week. I've been seeing anti-Semitism on the rise A lot. And I've been thinking a lot more about that, too. So if somebody decided that all of a sudden you had done something wrong and they wanted to find you, then they could. And if you look at Pokemon Go's privacy statement, they say that they can turn over any data to third parties, including governments, if, you know, for law enforcement purposes. But again, even if that's not nefarious, right, let's say that you trust them, Right. Like this is just a game. It's not a big deal. Let's say that you trust them. The fact that this bug went through says yeah. to me that they can't be trusted because mm-hmm. they let a really big major bug go through. And we're not good stewards of my Google account. Yep. And as a result, I don't know what's going on in. The, it's like the old the old saying from rat, the movie Rat Tattoo. And look at me quoting a movie. Uh,
2: <laughs> for, for, <laughs> go
3: Steve. For, for every rat you see, there's a hundred you don't. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I know from working in software and having to go through systems that are that are failing and go fix them up is that when you see a glaring error, then you need to look really closely because there's a lot of stuff that you're probably not thinking about that's also really bad that you need to go look at. And you're not necessarily going to see that right up front. So the fact that this huge bug came through is a major red flag, and that's why I immediately revoked my my credentials because – I don't want to give them any more data that could then leak out and then get into the wrong hands and then be used against me maybe 10 years down the line. Who knows? So it's, it's a matter of like, I still use Waze, but Waze is not connected to anything. But I, I make that decision on like a case by case basis because like Waze is really important because it saves me like hours, right? Like it's, it's got a, a very clear, positive, beneficial impact on my life using that app versus not using that app. I would literally spend another hour hour a week in the car at least on average without that app. But for like a game that you might not be playing in a couple of weeks, is it worth that risk? For me, I decided that it wasn't. Right, right.
0: Yeah. And I also really quickly to say this as well. I hope that I didn't come across Steve when I had said what I said that, like, I think that it's silly that you did revoke.
3: No, I never thought you did. I never thought that for a second.
0: Because I completely understand. I think it was just more. And, and you know, this is honestly why I wanted to have this conversation, too, because, again, it comes down to like empathy is so incredibly important to me. And so hearing, you know, I, as I said, it's hard for me to understand why, you know, why there's this kind of concern. And so now I'm hearing these these diverse viewpoints and, and understanding why uh, each of you has a concern related to this. And it's, it's really helpful helpful to me. And I think, too, Steve, you said case-by-case case basis. Yes, that is certainly a factor that plays into it, too, because like I can remember a long time ago when I thought that using uh, that app Swarm, I think it was called Foursquare, was a good idea. And then I realized that, oh, my gosh, I am broadcasting my location to the entire world from this app. No. Now all of my photos don't get the geo tags put on them all of that kind of stuff and so I, I think that you know I am less excuse me I'm less likely to be concerned about target knowing my shopping habits or uh, Google seeing my photos than uh, maybe you are but I am just as concerned about uh, you know broadcasting again my location or something like that and so I think it's just a different place where we draw the line uh, is what I'm hearing on on what what we find acceptable for for companies to have. But when it all comes down to it, I am just as like an, as much of an advocate for what Apple does over what Google does in terms of our privacy as you are, because I think that that's incredibly important. And there are people in more compromised positions than I am. Again, I am speaking from a place of privilege. Yes, absolutely, as Bree said, it, because I have not faced some of those things, and so I want the people who have faced those things to have the level of privacy that they deserve. And so, yeah, maybe it is. It's it's not uh, okay to just uh sit aside and I should be more uh advocating as as Georgia suggests for for more privacy and more protections because I still want that for everyone else. Uh it's just that it it has not kept me up at night personally. Uh so thank you for all of you sharing your your personal viewpoints on this so that I can understand uh why it might keep you up at night.
2: And I I think that Like, you know, we're using you as, as, you know, a model to this, but I think that the same thing for myself, I don't think that I am strong enough on thinking about my own privacy. And I don't think, I think that often I will do something similar to what Steve does saying that, you know, you know, that waves is taking all of where you go and they could sell it. They have full rights to sell it if they so wished. And so I think that all of us are a little bit, um, complacent when it comes to our time, and I I said something on on clockwise, I'd like to repeat it just because I think that it's, it's it states this fact very well of how fickle we are in sacrificing our future for minimal pleasures of the present that we don't really think about the repercussions, we are kind of naturally innately made to be short sighted and think about now instead of later. And I read a, a really cool quote that I extrapolated on. And it said that, um, what Orwell failed to predict was that we'd be the ones that would buy the cameras ourselves, that we'd install them in our own private rooms, carry them wherever we go. That our biggest fear wouldn't be that someone was watching, but that we wouldn't be interesting enough to be watched that our own need for attention would create our own self abdication of rights and privacy.
0: Whoa, I got goosebumps on that. (laughs) <laughs> I have, a I have literally three different webcams looking at me right now. And uh, now I have goosebumps and I'm s- giving them all the side eye.
3: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing about this game, right? Is that you have millions of people walking around with their cameras turned on and broadcasting their location and, and you don't really know what else. And that's what kind of, kind of scared me. It's just that it's not so much that I'm like anti-fun and you know grumpy old grandpa and whatever but it's that <gasps> <laughs> but but it, it's that it's that I I saw something that I saw something that is like The first rule of first do no harm when you're developing an app and the fact that they let that through just scared the bejesus out of me. And then after that, I'm like, I don't I don't know what they're doing, but I just can't trust that they're being safe right now because they're this is something that you just do not let into production, period. So the fact that they did said You know what? I'm glad everybody else is having fun. I know there's a lot of positive benefits for the app and a lot of people are getting together, but this is something I can't participate in
0: very well said and i think if uh we have all uh shared our points here we should do uh voicemails and things cuz we we're we're getting we're getting
3: there to about an hour now
1: we 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 do have quite a few voicemails um are we going to talk about anna very briefly can we do it super quickly to,
3: even just really quickly i would love to it. talk about anna because okay, Let's do it. It.
1: we can time box it to 10 minutes yeah so. even even yeah. less
3: than that but so yeah. Uh, Micah, do you want to do you want to intro it, or do you want me to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. That you-
1: um-
0: So I don't know much about this game, but uh, I was super excited whenever I saw everybody (laughs) on my Twitter timeline getting super excited about this. So uh, there is a character in Overwatch, a new character named Anna, and Anna is Farah's mother. uh, And she is a a sniper support character, as they're called, which means that like from a really long distance, she can shoot health to you, which is awesome. Like, I I wish I could do that. I see somebody who's got like a broken arm and I'm 75,000 miles. Miles away, And I'm like, Phew, you're better. Uh, so she she's a, a support rifler or yeah, a support sniper, rather, and um, also has a really, really, really cool accent and uh, seems like an all around badass. So, Steve, I think you should you should yeah. continue to nerd out.
3: I'm excited for Anna, both from like uh, like uh, for the character that she is and also for the role that she does in the game. Um, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning. I mean, we can talk about the gameplay stuff a little bit, but that's not really the important part. Like the important part is that there's a major game that has over 10 million players that just introduced a playable older woman of woman of color who is also a mother, which is I, I mean, Brie, you can you would know better than I am. I do. But I, I think that's unheard of.
1: It's certainly rare, though I think you and I have different interpretations of the awesomeness of the mother part of it. Um, I mean...
3: I mean, I, I mean, even if you take the you know, mother part out of it, right? You still have. I mean, cool. I know it's, we've had a number of conversations on yeah. the show about the fact that older women are never represented in games. That women of color are very rarely represented in games. No,
1: definitely. So, so definitely. even just
3: taking the mother piece out of it, that's you know, I know that there's been a lot of conversations about how there aren't ever mothers in games where where fathers are very are not often, but more often hmm. represented in games. But the fact that – that a game like this is introducing a character uh, you know from this background is is pretty groundbreaking
1: I, I think so. And the fact that she's Farah's mother in the game, I think that, you know, it gives it a plus. Um, you know, listen, I'm not going to do the, the liberal thing where it's like, look, this must be 100% up to my standards or it's garbage. I mean, this is overwhelmingly awesome. I've loved the cartoons of, like, you, know, you have, like, little eight-year-old Farah and she's like, Mom, I have a skin knee. And then she's like, where, where? And then she pulls back, and she's, like, pointing at the kid with her healing sniper rifle, like... <laughs> You know, I, yeah. I love that. Um, it's definitely a step forward. I guess, you know, this is where, you know, intersectionalism is important because, George, I would imagine you have a very different opinion than I do on the motherhood part of it. But it's just like, I roll my eyes when the only role that any older woman ever gets in film is being a freaking mom. And mm. you know, I think it's awesome if you're a mom. I just, you know, Jennifer Aniston had a really long piece out this week about, you know, this. How she feels like a walking womb, basically, and I just, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. It's, um, it's cool. I'll play with her, well, her, her play style is yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that it's, I think that it's cool that they have a mom being a cool character. I think that it's true that women are judged on, you know, their fer- fertility and their body parts way too much. I think that Jennifer, An- I read Jennifer Aniston's piece about how. They are constantly on her about when is she going to um, have a child um, like that is, you know, if you don't reach that goal, then you're not really a woman, which I think we're, we're still highly judgmental on women about that. Um, you know, you know, you, you, if you want to be a mom, that's great, but that's not our be all and all, you know, that, that, that's not us reaching our final form. And I think that we we judge women to that. I think that what they tried to do is they tried to hit as many of the, um, you know, pieces that, that we are, they were missing in one character. And so they, let's do the color thing. Let's do the woman thing. Let's do the age thing. Let's do the mom thing. And they could kind of, so they had one character that could represent all of that because they're like, we can't have too many women characters, um, which is sad. But, you know, I'm happy. I think that it's a step in the right direction. And so I'm all for that. And, um, hopefully, you know, the character, I just like women being cool characters. It's the same reason that, um, I loved the, um, that new Mad Max film to have women like, you know, fighting and they were cool and they were tough and it was just really, really great. Yeah, I
4: think
3: that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I, I I will say from a gameplay standpoint, I'm also really excited because I've mostly been yeah. playing support in in this game. Especially when I the few times that I've tried to go into competitive mode, I because I'm pretty bad in general. But support is like the one thing I know I can do well. <laughs> Well, no, because support i like this is what I do when I get into like a team game where I'm not comfortable is I usually end up being the healer because at least that's the kind of thing where I know that I'm not going to be like tracking down fast moving targets as much. like I know that my teammates will try to move towards me so that I can help them out. so yeah. that's the kind of the role that I will gravitate to, and also that most people generally don't want to play support. Like I'll usually wait and see if somebody else wants to play support and no, nobody ever does. And then I end up picking like Lucio or Mercy. And and the one thing from a gameplay perspective is that I often end up picking Zenyatta on some of the like the longer maps because it's
1: hard to play.
3: He's oh. really hard to play. And the re- only reason that I do it is because uh, because Often I, I'm playing quick match and my team will scatter in five different directions and it's hard for me to be able to heal any of them or if I stick with one of them as Mercy who's, who's like a close, a close quarters healer and the person I'm healing dies and I'm completely like out on my own. So have, being able to have a character who can both do damage and can, you know, can heal from long range is something that I'm really looking forward to you know, as somebody who plays a lot of support in Overwatch. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can't. I suck with Widowmaker. I I love her design. I know it's over sexualized. I'm sorry, don't judge me. But I love I love her attitude. Uh, for some reason, I like characters that are kind of evil. I don't know. Why. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So re- uh, so Reapers, I, your other main then? No, I don't. I don't play. I I don't play as dudes and games. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Widowmaker. I wish I was good with her because I love her design, and I suck. Yeah. My whole team's gonna die from playing Widowmaker. <laughs>
3: So, yeah, I'm I think that's for, probably something yeah. with the playing on console too, because it's really hard yeah, well, to be. I, I
1: suck. It's PC's not gonna help. me.
3: Well, it, it's <laughs> it's harder careful. to be good at, at Winnowmaker on a console, is what I'm saying. All is right, it, you right. know, I mean, that's why they had to nerf the the, the the Torbjorn the turret guy because he's his turrets are like way more accurate than anybody playing on console right now. So
1: yep, all right. <laughs>
3: anyway, so so that that's our geek out on Anna. So, in our in our Overwatch moment that we haven't had in a while, but I'm glad that we can talk Yay. about Overwatch. And I can feel joy for like 5 minutes. So, <laughs> hey, maybe the voice. I was very happy. I I was very happy seeing all this stuff about Anna in general. So, I experienced joy for at least 5 minutes until I looked at people posting about Pokemon Go again and I got sad. So, <laughs> Well, you
0: know, I think uh, I think if we can take a a minute of of reducing the saline content of Steve, then it's always a good minute to take. Uh, (laughs) Maybe maybe the voicemails and and listener tweets will be just as uh, salt free. You should you
3: should share some of those with us. All right. So let's. (laughs) Let's start, let's start with a tweet, because we, we haven't done tweets in a while, and, and we've got some that are backed up from a little while ago. So this is one that came in from a long time ago from Licious who asks, given most devices are on an annual release cycles, what's the cutoff point where it's better to wait for the next model?
1: I mean, it's not complicated. It's not valuable to you personally. You know, um, I think generally speaking, you know, the S for the iPhone model generally stands for sham. And
3: I don't think, I think it's. I, think I love it's, it. C is for cookie and S is for sham. There we go. Yeah, the,
1: the iPhone 6s. The S
3: is for sham. Like, oh, oh, it's got 3D touch.
1: That's something you should go spend eight hundred dollars on right now. Oh, that's great. Um, I love yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, if you're not hardcore like I am, like I'm dumb. I am dumb enough that I fall. I fell for the sham on the 3s, the 4s, the 5s, and the 6s. I'm dumb. So you know, just just i don't know, like you know if if it's something you are going to use and you are going to value um yeah, go for it like the, the this it's a truism, but the best time to buy Mac or any piece of technology is when you need it, and that's it's a good rule to follow
0: boom i, I yeah, I mean, really quickly, I just saw. Oh, goodness. I want to say it was the Slack team. They had just taken a photo of um, a Thunderbolt display. And if you haven't heard, if you don't follow very closely... uh a lot of Apple stores and also online, the Thunderbolt displays have all kind of disappeared because we think that there might be a new Thunderbolt display coming at some point that has a 5k screen. But my point is, uh, the Slack team had purchased two Thunderbolt displays, despite the fact that so many were going away or that they're all going away. And they actually only were able to get one because there wasn't enough in stock for them to get to. Uh, so I think that that's an interesting thing. And like, They they needed them. And I guarantee you that there would be so many people there probably were like, why did you buy that now? You should have just waited. But if you need it, you need it. And you should be able to get it if you if you need it. I don't know. It should make sense to me.
3: Yeah, I guess the, the one thing that I know that I suffer from is I suffer from feeling not liking the feeling when you buy something right before the next model comes out and not knowing and feeling, you know, like even though it's completely irrational, because obviously you needed it right then. Otherwise you wouldn't have bought it. But seeing Mm -hmm. the next thing come out like right afterwards, it doesn't feel good. But you know, if you're really super concerned about it, a good resource is, uh, Mac Rumors, has, at least on, on Apple products, Mac Rumors has a buying guide that will tell you, like, for any given product, like, when was it released, how how long is the release cycle, how likely is it that they're going to come out with something new in the next couple of months. So if that's something that you just want to look at that and see if you should hold off another couple months or, or, you know, if you should just go ahead and buy it now, then that's something that at least you can look at that will help you feel better about the decision at least. I think that answers the question. Okay, so we got two voicemails. So here are here are our voicemailers.
5: Hello, Disrupticons. My name is Livio, and I'm calling from Seattle. I'm a longtime fan of the show. Thank you so much for making it every week. I love it a ton. So a while back, I saw Bree talking on Twitter about how people, especially on the left, they love tweeting about politics and criticizing ideas and stuff but they kind of stink when it comes to actually driving legislation change, especially yeah. when you compare their effectiveness with certain fringe groups on the right to actually drive policy. And I've been kind of haunted by that idea ever since, like the, this idea that tweets don't drive change, tweets don't lead to legislation. Uh, and I've been kind of trying to find ways to be more politically active Like, I've done some easy stuff, like emailing my state representatives. Um, I've tried opening up more productive conversations with friends who I disagree with politically. And I've tried getting involved in some protests, but it seems really hard to find out about protests before they happen. (laughs) And so right now I feel a little stuck. I'm not satisfied with any of these options, and I'm not even aware of what my options even are. So it really seems like I just need to learn how to politics. (laughs) Any advice (laughs) or tips would be really appreciated. Thank you. Yeah,
1: That's such a a fantastic, uh, you know, question. And let me give you a little bit of my background on this. You know, I've talked about this on the show, but like um, many people, I grew up kind of mirroring my parents' politics who are rock-ribbed, extremely hyper-conservative, you know, Republicans. Um, So I actually have worked – in the Republican Party at some of the highest levels. Uh, I've met a lot of people who work on Fox News, met a lot of Congress people, I've met a lot of senators. Um, I've seen how that party operates. And one of the things that constantly shocks me is when I look at the left and see how we operate, and I'm just going to be honest, it's like we're chasing our tails. Um, So, and, and let me give you an example. There's a letter I contributed to today that's called We Are the Left, Um, It's basically people talking about some of their frustration over Bernie bros. Um, You know, if you read it, it's a great academic letter, and it's going to feel good, and it's got a lot of people that are more academic, like, thinking about it, but it's not something that's going to do anything with getting people out to vote, getting legislation, getting any of that. So let me tell you what really, really matters. Um, Yeah, you can write your congressperson or senator. That's important. Um, Raising money for candidates that you believe in, that matters. Um, Writing op-eds about specific pieces of legislation in your your newspaper, like I wrote a piece for the Boston Globe this week talking about some specific policies I wanted, that helps. Um, Actually going out on election day, um, you know, There's a just really simple thing you can do is on election day, you go out, you go around, you make sure people are registered to vote. And then on election day, you just walk door to door and ask them if they voted and that wins elections. That is the reason Obama won in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just get out there, get active, get involved. The, this, the sexy work on in politics I mean it's you know when I tweet something that gets people 's fire and you know it gets you know thousands of retweets that feels good, but it doesn't really change a policy. The right will always beat the left because they they will physically go out and pay people. To um, like go door to door and make sure you know they register to vote. Generally, the left doesn't have that advantage, so you have to get involved and go do it. I have no idea when um, you know, Massachusetts Congresswoman Catherine Clark is up for reelection, but when she is, I will be organizing fundraisers in my house for her. I will be writing op-eds in the Boston Globe about her. Like, I will do anything I can to get her elected because I really personally believe in her. Same thing with Elizabeth Warren. So, you know, even run for office yourself. Um, I think about running for office all the time. I think I'd be reasonably good at it. So, you know, the the thing is, like, the system wants you to be apathetic. It really generates apathy. So get out there and do this boring stuff. Like, it's very effective.
2: And I think that you said something last time also, Brie, that was really important, was that like in comparison to a tweet, a real letter that you've actually written out, typed out, signed and mailed counts for more if you're going to spend the time and effort upon it. So even if you can't go out there, you don't want to fundraise and you want to do it and you just want to write something, calling is forgotten. Letters are, you know, like that are that are emailed, don't don't even get seen by anyone, but an actual paper letter Register it if you want like that. Then, you know, that it actually gets to something. And if you have a lot of letters, they have to go through that time to open them to see what it's about, because it might be a check. So they're going to open it (laughs) in the
1: the Constitution. uh, You know, uh, senators and Congress, Congress people have uh, Franken privilege. Right. Which means they get to use the mail for free. Um, And that came about because of Constituent Services, which is a, a department of pretty much everyone's office. So if you write someone a physical letter, let me tell you what they have to do. They have to get the letter. They have to Xerox it. They have to open up a file on you as a constituent. They have to get the paper. They have to physically go file it. And someone in the office has to go by and follow up to it. Now you may get a follow up that's like auto signed with these huge machines we have in the office, but (laughs) like it's on the, the mind of the staff. Right. Right. So, Mm um, you know, it's just a more effective way to do it. But I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's the system wants you to be cynical basically. So, you know, it works for them. It does. They always find when we're cynical.
2: Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for calling us Disrupticons. I loved that. Like, right away, we're gonna read you. you call that's like just, just right. you guys know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and for not butt dialing us too, because that was that was also that's also <laughs> that's a good brilliant. way to get Can your to get your voice back on the show. We're
2: not playing the what? full butt dial?
3: I'm not playing <laughs> the full butt dial. No. I haven't loaded Love that in a quick time. Maybe next week that's I'll so I'll find great. the butt I dial and put I it I object.
4: <sighs> <laughs> okay.
3: Uh, are we ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go.
4: Hello, Destructicon. This is a question about computers. Um, so I know all four of you are very uh, vigorous Apple consumers. Um, <laughs> you all love Macs and iPhones and all that stuff. So, but with recently with the release of Overwatch and all this VR stuff, it's every you all have are getting Windows computers to be able to do these things. So for people who do not have enough money to buy two computers and really can only have one but want to be able to play some games, um, would you recommend getting a Mac or getting a Windows computer that is still powerful and can play games and possibly can do VR? And I also Hmm. ask this because the MacBook Pros, which for a lot of people who want to play games on their Macs, are the thing that they buy, are currently very outdated. Um, They're only like 18 months old, but because of processor updates, they're still pretty outdated. So, would you say for if you're getting a computer for school and you might not get a new one for the next four years, just go in and get an outdated Mac, or get a Windows computer and just survive with that Windows computer because the Macs are outdated and they're probably not going to be updated until um, quarter four when the school year will be in full swing. Also, Georgia, Fa Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually
2: the only reason
3: that I chose that voicemail. Also- oh, no, that's so kidding.
2: great. That is so great. <sighs> so, well, I might get fired for this, but I'll just say it. If you're only going to buy one computer and it's a computer that you want to game on, then you, you have to get a windows. I'm just saying it. If you yeah. want a game on yeah. it right now, we don't have any Matt, If you're even thinking about getting VR in the near future, like I'm thinking a year to two years, you should just get a windows based computer. Um, mm-hmm. We have, I have both cause I'm lucky, but if I only had one because of that, um, I would have a Windows based computer for gaming if you really like gaming. If you're going to do other things on it besides gaming, and gaming is going to be like, you know, on a side thing, and you usually use your phone, or you don't care if the games are, are not that uh, CPU intensive um, and need great graphics card that you're going to be able to swap out as they get upgraded, then that might be a different story. But uh, right now, um sorry yeah, I, I, I have, to have to agree to with to that. I with... cannot in good conscience recommend anyone that
1: cares about games by Mac. I can't yeah. I can't overwatch didn't even come to Mac and Blizzard ships everything on Mac. That's yeah. how much gaming yeah. sucks on Mac right now. <clears> I I wish I could tell you it's awesome. I can't. It would be a lie. Um <laughs> you know uh you know I I will say this. Windows 10 is not terrible.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> So, there's been worse.
3: Yeah, there's
2: been worse. Yeah, yeah, it, it and 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 wait, wait, wait. Via phases. Via <laughs> yeah. phases.
3: I, I, guess, I guess the only thing that I'll that I'll say here is that it also depends on what you're going to school for, because there are some, you know, some majors where it might be more useful to have a Mac than a PC, especially if you're like going into computer science and you're plan and you're planning on taking any courses on like iOS development then it's probably going to be better for you to have a Mac for the kinds of stuff you're going to be doing. I'm hoping that that's already kind of a solved problem. Um, I mean, there are a couple of things. If you really do want a Mac, you could look into running bootcamp on it. That's a possibility. It's more of, it's, it's more of the, you know, the software than the hardware, but you're still going to be getting an underpowered computer. Or, but Steve,
1: hold yeah. on. If it's a Retina MacBook, the highest uh like it's it's capped off at one terabyte still. Yeah, of SSD space in the Retina MacBook Pro. So like, you know, there's that's <laughs> not gonna be great either. Like you know, you're, you've limited. I mean, asking someone's really thinking about the money they're spending. Like they're not gonna be able to spend probably three thousand bucks on the, the the Mac with one terabyte. So you're looking at the base drive is gonna be five hundred gigs. So if you're chopping in half two fifty, that's not usable for college. So just being honest. Yeah,
3: I mean the yeah. other the other thing is that you could also just get a console. And, yeah. you know, that's going to be a pretty good gaming experience. And it's worth saying that uh, I believe that the at least the Xbox is getting keyboard and mouse support. So even like for PC gaming, it's able to do a lot of, you know, play a lot of the games that you could play on a PC. Like I there are very few games that I legitimately cannot play having consoles and a Mac and not having a Windows installation. And those are usually pretty obscure indie games. It's not usually something AAA like Overwatch. I'll just play it on my PlayStation or I'll play it on my Xbox. So that's probably going to be for for a bang for the buck perspective. You're going to be much better off getting a console than getting any kind of a computer to play games on.
0: Uh, doubling down on what Steve said, I think that, you know, if if you're talking about a computer that you are getting for school, um, and that is the the main purpose of it, if, if the gaming is secondary in terms of that's something that you want to do, but does not necessarily pertain to what it is that you might be going to school for, uh, of course, you should take that into consideration first. And the example that I'll give is a personal one. Uh, I went to the journalism school at the University of Missouri, and we were required to have a MacBook of some sort um, as part of the curriculum and so you know if I was a big PC gamer I would have had to have brought some sort of you know bought that separately or something uh, because I was required to have the MacBook as part of the curriculum so uh, obviously keep that keep that in mm-hmm. mind that if you have to make a sacrifice there then that's a sacrifice you have to make but it sounds as if uh, you, you you knew the answer to the question there and that the best gaming experience that you can get is definitely not going to be coming from the mac.
3: Yeah. And and it's also worth adding, I don't know if things have changed since I was in college, but I know that having a television with a console attached was a really great way to make friends <laughs> when I was <laughs> when I was true. first when I was in when I was in college. So that's something to think about too. But anyway, I have uh, one more quick tweet and then we will get out of here from Uber Lucky that says, "What do you call the fear of rating the show?" <laughs>
2: wrong what? i call it wrong fight it. that fear go forward go forward you know, you know like like
3: the fear of the number 13 is triskaidekaphobia like what's the name of the fear of rating the show uh Brianna there you go Brianna <laughs> what is it
1: <laughs> Brianna
0: is that really what it is it is yeah. now yeah. Oh, 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 it was a question. I thought that it was an actual joke. I was, like waiting. I was waiting for the punchline because I didn't realize that the person that did not provide punch line. a punchline. Yeah, Brianna uh, revengeance
3: phobia, which is the fear of phantom pain from not, not rating the show. Yeah, yeah. Revengeance. revengeance. I love it.
0: Uh, oh, dear. Well... I, I think that about wraps it up this week, folks. We have done it once again. And uh, if you'd like to be one of the lovely listeners featured on our show, you can call us at 508-418-3532. That's 508 418 However, if you don't feel like, you know, giving us a call and you'd rather send us a tweet or send it privately, then you can go ahead and publicly you'll use the hashtag disrupt me. But privately, you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM. You can find the show notes at relay.fm disruption, where you can get all the links to the cool stuff we talked about. And please you don't suffer from Brianna revengeance phobia. <laughs> uh, go review the show on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at Micah Sargent. And Steve, where can
3: people find you? You can find me spreading salt throughout the earth on Twitter at wicked good. <laughs> and Bri, what about you? Georgia underscore
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're looking for Georgia, where can we find her?
2: At spacecatgal.
1: Got got it.
2: Oh, uh, and, thanks and again. also uh, anxiety de- uh, anxiety underscore videos. Yes. Oh oh, how By did your
1: account do this week, Georgia? Oh, did you get a lot of people <laughs> signing up for that? <laughs> I know you had. You oh, were really God. hoping people would sign up for it. Did you? That did was, you get
2: that? That was hilarious. Um, Did our well, uh,
0: tens of thousands of listeners
3: uh, all follow you?
2: <laughs> there, there are definitely a few. There definitely
3: a few hey, Georgia, oh, could you ask all those thousands of followers to uh, sign up for Heartstone through my recruitment link so I can get a Murloc Shaman uh, <laughs> portrait in the game? You
2: know, I could ask. Can you do that for me? I could ask. I could ask. <laughs> I really could. I don't know if I'll get anyone that will actually reply. It might be all crickets. Um, They're all
3: quality followers. The
2: weird, the weird. Oh, uh, it's, it'll be too long. It'll be too long. <laughs> Next week. Next week, I'll I'll talk about that when I have like real Wi-Fi.
0: Yes, I. We're all looking forward to it. And uh, just a, a shout out to the wonderful Relay FM network. Steve, do you have something to tell us to do? Go.
3: The show's over. Don't guilt. fight your fear. Go rate the show and go find something else to do. Goodbye. And get off Steve's lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> your cloud <laughs>